This is The Structuring Podcast. Okay, welcome back. This is episode 79 of The Structuring Podcast. Terry W. here, and today's topic is not all main residences are exempt from capital gains tax. I've written about this before on the Property Chat Forum. Go check out tax tip number 165 if you want to read the podcast out. All right, so many people think that just because a property is their main residence that it's going to be exempt from capital gains tax. That might be the case in most situations, but it's not the case in all situations. And some situations where it's not the case includes, number one, if you have claimed another property as the main residence for an overlapping period. And that's because you can only claim one property at any one time as your main residence. And number two, a slight variation of that is if your spouse has claimed another property. And that's because spouses can generally only have one main residence between them. Number three is if the property was ever income producing. And that includes renting a room out, renting a granny flat out, or potentially airbnb the property while still living in it. And it still could be exempt if you are renting it out under the six-year rule, but it may not be. All right, number four is if the interest on a loan used to acquire the property could have been deductible. And that sort of ties in with the third one where the test is whether interest could be deductible, not whether you had claimed it. So if you were renting a room out, you you could have claimed a portion of the interest. Even if you didn't claim any, that would still mean it's subject to capital gains tax. Number five is um, you can use the six-year rule, but it can only be exempt if rented out for less than six years in one hit. So if you rent it out for longer than six years, it's going to be subject to capital gains tax. Number five is um, if the land is greater than two hectares, only two hectares of that land could potentially be uh, exempt. Number six is if you had demolished the house and then sold the vacant land. The main residence exemption can only apply if there is a residence. Number seven is if you bought vacant land and constructed on that land and didn't live in the property for at least three months, then it couldn't have been your main residence while you were constructing. And that's because there's a three-month requirement to live in the property for that to occur. And similar to that or same piece of legislation, you can count vacant land as your main residence if you construct and live in it. And it was less than four years since you acquired the land. So if you bought the land five years ago, built and then lived in it, it couldn't be exempt. So I guess that's number eight. Number nine is if the property is owned by a company. Sometimes a company-owned property could be exempt from capital gains tax if it's a bare trustee, for example. But generally, if a company owns property in its own right, it can't be exempt. And number nine is similar with uh, a trustee. So generally, if the ownership interest of a property is held by a trustee, the property cannot be exempt under the main residence exemption. But that doesn't necessarily mean that a main residence cannot be owned by a trust and the exemption apply. Number 10, if the land was subdivided and a portion of it sold off, 
So you couldn't claim the exemption on a situation where you cut off the back half of the block and sell it, even while you're living there. Number 11 is if you sell the house while you're a non-resident for tax purposes. New laws came in, I think it was 2019, so you can't use the six-year rule if you sell while you're a non-resident. Number 12 is if you didn't move into the house as soon as practical after settlement. So some people buy a house that has tenants. The uh, lease on that tenants over the property, the lease might be uh, another six months, so they only move in after the six months is up and the tenants are gone. If you do that, you wouldn't have moved in as soon as practical and the property cannot be fully exempt. Number 13 is if it's held on revenue account. And that would be situations where there's a developer buying land, building a house, living in it or even for say uh, three or more months and then selling it. They're doing that as a, uh, a business. It's going to be held as trading stock and that means the main residence exemption cannot apply. Number 14, it can't apply unless you actually live there. It sounds pretty obvious, but people think the mere intention to live there is enough. Well, it's not. Number 15 is if you conduct a business from the property. And this ties back into one of the earlier ones where if you are conducting a business, you can or could claim the interest. And that would mean the main residence exemption cannot apply. However, if the business is by a different entity, for example, Homer owns the property and, and Marge is running a uh, doctor's studio from the garage. If Marge doesn't own the property, could still be potentially fully exempt because Homer is not able to claim the interest on his loan. And there's a, a little known section, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but dependent children cannot claim the main residence exemption on a house that they own. So if Bart's 16 and he buys a house and he claims that house as his main residence he might be living there separate from his father then they both cannot get one main residence each they can only count one between them that's about it there's probably a few more instances where a main residence may not be exempt but that's all i can think of at the moment so go check out tax tip 165 on the property chat forum thank you and see you next week You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.